just about ready to get ready here. Thank you so much for coming out. This is the Rock for Abortion Rights. It benefits two amazing existing agencies that are have already been fighting for this on the ground for a long time, and they need more help now more than ever before. So all the proceeds tonight get split between uh, the Abortion Fund of Ohio and Pro-Choice Ohio. So thank you so much for being here tonight and helping this cause. It's, been, it's really, really important that we keep fighting this. So we have a an incredible lineup tonight. I can't even believe the people that have donated their time and their talent to play for you tonight. It's going to be an incredible, incredible evening. But we're going to get started with the Revolution Rosies. They are a local podcast, and they're going to start off our evening. So please, welcome to the stage, Revolution Rosies. We're going to take a few seconds because we're both very short. What are you talking about? This is just my height. <laughs> Totally. We could have been doing this with all of our time, but we, we didn't think about, you We know, did not. Prep. Mm. Prep and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, love doing live shows. We do. We do. We enjoy just being near each other. Since COVID started, we uh, I feel zoom. like we're still far away, though. Hello. <laughs> Let's hold hands the whole time. The whole time. It won't make Aww. everyone uncomfortable. How this you doing? This is cute. Um, so guys, uh, we need a really good sound bite for the... This feels uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I already give up. I was like, chicken, and I won. Um, so I anyways, losing. we need a really good sound bite for the beginning of our episode. So we're going to do our introductions, and we need a nice, like, cheer, okay? It's totally not for, like, our own selfish purposes to listen back to, okay? I'm a, I'm a bit like Tinkerbell. If you don't cheer, I die. It's not for that reason. No, no. not totally. At all. <laughs> it, uh, right. it is though. Please cheer loud. <laughs> okay. Ready? Anyways, I'm Vivian Vega. I'm Betty Larue, and, and this, this is Revolution, Revolution Rosies. That is fresh. Yeah, how good. I got goosebumps. Oh, yeah. That's so much <laughs> yeah, better than our Zoom crowd, isn't it? Oh, my it? God, yeah. So thanks, guys, for so coming good. on tonight. So good. Um, okay, so before we start, I just want to tell you about how sad I am about some news that I just read last night when I was feeding my daughter. Um, do you know who Samantha B is? Her show's getting canceled. <gasps> Which is some bullshit, okay? So Samantha B for you, in case you don't know who that is, is like, she's like a political analysis kind of person, but she's like hilarious, and she okay. used to work for The Daily Show, she, and like... She's blonde? She, yes. Okay. She's a little, tiny, hilarious yes. little thing, yes. and she's... Anyways, it's like one late night person that we have that's like a female that's hilarious, and it's getting canceled, what the fuck? Anyways, yeah. I'm just pissed. I'm just pissed. Anyways, we can't have anything nice. Nope. No, no, no. Uh, so we're here for really good cause. Yeah, we, we're here for we, really good cause. We are here. I feel here like for... I'm not even looking at you. No, it's we're all right. here we for really just... good. Do we look at each other or do we, we look? I don't, I don't know. Anyways, I'll okay, do this. We're good. We're good. We're like, all right. Um, so we're here for Pro Choice Ohio and mm-hmm. Abortion Fund Ohio. Yeah. Abortion Fund of Ohio. Two very, 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 very more important than they were. Like, more important, always... I would say, than Samantha Bee's show. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I love it, but like I would say it's and this probably is not, like this is not even the first like pro choice show that we've done. It's just the most very important one that we've done so far. Uh, <laughs> isn't that aggravating that this isn't even like the first one we've done? Yeah. And it's like, 
still happening. Yeah. <laughs> and it's frustrating. We were in a better place the last wow, time. Wow, it's one. frustrating. And this one is the first one this year. Yeah. Sure. But thanks for asking us. We're mad. <laughs> we're still we're still mad. <laughs> but we're super happy to be here. <laughs> we talk about abortions and periods a lot on our show. Yes. So if you want to listen back, you can. <laughs> Today we're going to not talk. Well, I'm not. Well, I am. I'm going to talk about abortion. <laughs> Anyways, I got to read it from my phone. So let me get my glasses on. Right. You keep talking to him for a second. While oh, I get- shit. Okay. Hi. I made this shirt for the 4th of July. Look at it. Isn't that nice? Oh, show him your bag that you made, too. Uh, show him your bag. I got a cricket for Christmas. Yeah, she did. And she's just cricketing everything. Yeah, I've got, I've got Ray, like, Look your it. lipstick and Ray's hell. That is our Revolution slogan, Rosie by Gaya. the way. If you don't listen to Revolution Rosies, that's what we sign off with. So wow. smear lipstick and Ray's hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. If you're interested in merch... Ask her and her cricket. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm going to go first. You look so cute in your fucking glasses. Thank you. I'm an old librarian. You look real cute. All right. So today, I'm going to teach you guys about... Oh, my God. You came here to learn. That's so nice. (laughs) They get to learn. Oh, yeah. If you guys didn't know what our podcast is, is we give you a book report about badass women in history. Um, Yeah, badass women in history. They didn't know what they were coming here for. That sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sounds like my husband. Anyways, um, so I'm going to teach you today about Jane Elizabeth Hodgson. I'm very excited because I did try to Google just to see... I couldn't find her, so. So, yeah, she was hard to find, and I found her. Anyways, I used Wikipedia, cfmedicine.nlm.nih.gov. What the fuck? Damn. And the New York Times. That one's a lot easier. Yeah. She was hard to find. I told you. I know. I mean, like, I couldn't find her. So, all right, I don't like this. Hold on. I don't like the stand. I don't like it. Okay. All right. I got to get down and dirty. <laughs> got to get down and dirty for Jane Elizabeth. Okay, here we go. Uh, boy, and I'm sorry that I feel very impersonal reading from this. It's all right. It's just like eating dinner at home. <laughs> I feel like I'm out on a date with everyone here. Um, all right. So born January 23rd in 1915 in Crookstown, Crookston, Minnesota. Um, there are not many details about her youth. So we get to skip on all of that. You're welcome. Um, can't imagine there's a lot going on in Minnesota in 1915. They've got salads that aren't salads. Yeah, like snicker salad and yeah. marshmallow salad. So I'm sure her childhood was bologna salad. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, um, she studied at Carleton College where she got her bachelor's degree in chemistry in 1934 at the age of 19. Why? Okay, like I find it really interesting that we find so many women that studied like chemistry and biology in like the 30s and the 40s. Like it was a really big science for women to go into in those days. Well, men were dying in World War II, so they had to send women there doing some. Connected. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. That's just my thought. Okay. Theories are good. I don't know. Anyways, um, she ended up marrying a scientist also, but I didn't even mention him. Sorry. (laughs) I think he was a doctor too. Cool. Uh, Whatever. Fuck it. All right. Um, They had kids too. Didn't mention them either. Fuck. I suck. (laughs) Anyways, it's not about them. It's about her. Yeah. So if you want to know more about their kids and him, then read up about them. Uh, Good luck finding it though. (laughs) Anyways. Um, So she eventually got her MD, um, medical doctorate, 
I think. There you go. Yeah. Is that right? There you are. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> and gynecologist. She's the smart, um, science-y one. <laughs> and I'm the, like, artsy the music one. Okay? You'll learn this. Um, and she studied... Um, so she, Oh, sorry. She got her uh, MD in gynecology at the University of Minnesota. This is where the abortion stuff comes in. Sounds okay. good. Um, after she got her degree, she studied further and trained at the Jersey City Medical Center and Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. I don't know if Jersey City is also in Minnesota or if she just was like going to the, the actual Jersey City. I don't know because Rochester is also something that like that's in New Hampshire as well. Uh, yeah, so, but this one was I mean, in Minnesota. Minnesota's that, like we ran out of names. I know they're just so, reusing things like yeah. Paris, Texas or some shit. <laughs> um, so she volunteered her time to Project Hope, which was a she was a traveler though because you'll see Project Hope is a Chinese public service project that was organized by the China Youth Development Foundation and the Communist Youth League to help bring schools in, uh, into poverty-torn areas of rural China. Um, she volunteered in Tanzania, Peru, Ecuador, Egypt, and Grenada. Wow. She's, yeah, she's All like a jet setter. <laughs> Woo! <Yeah. laughs> um, and then after volunteering her time, she eventually opened her own clinic in St. Paul, Minnesota. In she 19- went back home. She had to. Yeah. She was like, this is too hot, too scenic. I'm going back to Minnesota. I miss winter. I l- love the, the one season. Um, And she opened that clinic in 1947, where she provided reproductive health care to women for 50 years. Long time. That's a long, yeah. Um, so Dr. Jane served as the director um, in that time uh, of the... Pr- she could have birthed and then like helped those babies give birth in that time. And grandbabies. Yeah. Well, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, cool. depending. Wow. 25, 25. Who am yeah. I to judge? Um, Dr. Jane served as director of the preterm clinic in Washington, D.C. from 1972 to 1974. She, I'm telling you, she's all over the place. At the start of her life, she claimed that she believed that abortion was immoral. But while working with women whose health was ruined and whose plans had to be changed, she felt that the law of banning abortion was immoral and that it was in poor medicine and poor public health to do so. I'm snapping up here like we're at a beatnik. Like, but I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you can, you can actually change your mind, believe yeah. it or not. You yeah, don't you have can. to be like, wow, I can't, I, Bibles though. <laughs> but babies and Bibles... Bitch, they were stoning babies in the Bible. Fuck off with the Bible bullshit. God had the latest term abortion ever. What? What? Nothing. Nothing. Keep going. I legitimately didn't hear you. Yeah, no one should have. Keep going. (laughs) We'll play it back later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, she uh, she stated her opinion in a letter to the editor um, to the Journal of American Medical Association. This is a quote. Lest we forget, because I don't talk like that, Lest we forget, legal, competent medical professionals are all that stand between safe health care for women and the dark days of the back alleys. We in medicine have a moral obligation to provide that in health care. Um, and then in 1970, she performed an abortion on a 23-year-old married mother of three who had rubella, which is German measles, in case anybody didn't know what that was. I have heard of rubella but i didn't know what it was measles mumps rubella i know but i didn't know what it was okay i knew what that you got a vaccine for but i didn't know what it was it's german measles so you get measles mumps and german measles 
bitch. <laughs> Anyways, she had it. There's, I mean, poor sweetie. Strange. She had rubella. Um, and rubella can cause serious birth defects. Yeah. Um, abortions yeah. were illegal at the time in Minnesota unless the pregnancy was a threat to the mother. Um, only the mother. Yeah. I guess. Um, she um, got arrested for mm. this. Oh. Had to go to court for this. No. She pled guilty. Guilty. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh oh. She pled guilty and was sentenced to 30 days in jail, making her the very first licensed physician to have been convicted of performing a therapeutic abortion. That's fucking like awesome. a spa day. <laughs> therapeutic abortion. Mm. She gave a facial and then yeah, an it was, abortion. It was a really nice one. It was a nice day for the mother there I'm were sure with her rubella and her nice abortion day what the fuck therapeutic abortion yeah. anyways so she made history she was the first doctor to go to jail for that um Anyways, she appealed her case after the Roe versus Wade decision, and when she was asked by the court, do you regard the fertilized ovum as equivalent to a human person? She said, no, and most women would not. We are more pragmatic than men. Sorry, men. More concerned with reality. Again, sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm concerned with the sacredness of life, but this is only a few embryonic cells. We, as physicians, should be concerned with the quality of life as it develops. Ding, ding, ding. Um, because we're not goddamn idiots. We know <laughs> that this is like... <laughs> like, I just had a baby, and I know that that thing wasn't a thing until it was like... You know, I'm moving around. Like, come on, guys. Anyways... In 1981, she was causing trouble again. <laughs> I love it. She was born in the 30s, right? Yeah, she was raising heck. Raising heck there in She was raising heck, this little, yeah. little feisty bitch. I really hope I'm raising heck at that age. I love her. I just love that we Jane. keep saying heck as if it's something. She's <laughs> raising heck. 100% a curse free podcast. This, Don't listen to the This little fucker was raising heck. <laughs> Anyways, Levels. Levels uh, she, <laughs> we can't say hell. <laughs> um, she led a case, not in this Bible belt. <laughs> she led a case, <laughs> she led a case against the state, um, Hodgson, Hodgson versus Minnesota that basically brought Planned Parenthood against Minnesota, challenging that the state, um, challenging the state law that both parents must be notified at least 48 hours before a minor has an abortion. She testified that a 14-year-old patient... This is going to get graphic, so if you don't like it, cover your ears I, or walk out. Realize that abortion patio. and who it affects is very graphic. By the way, this podcast contains abortion talk at an abortion thing, so get out. <laughs> yep. Um, anyways, she testified that a 14-year-old patient, in order to keep her pregnancy private, tried to induce an abortion with help from friends by inserting a metal object into her vagina, tearing her body, scarring her cervix, and causing bleeding. The attempt failed to induce the abortion, um, and the patient, then four to five months pregnant, went to a clinic, but because of the damage to the cervix, the patient had to undergo a hysterectomy. At 14. At 14 years old. At 14. Um, just because she was scared to tell yeah. parents. Yeah. Um, the court upheld the law in 1990 um, because the law included a judicial bypass allowing the judge to permit the abortion without parental notifications. 
So, yeah, I guess. Woo. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was 14 good. year old though. Yeah. I mean, God mm. damn. Oh, these laws are bad. <laughs> these are bad laws, guys. Uh, people do this stuff. Yeah. They're like, nobody actually does that. You're like, no. There's actual proof. Uh, oh, I have some really good, really good information about that. Mm. In I my can't story. wait to hear it. Yes. I love that stuff. I love facts. Anyways, I'm almost done with Jane. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, it's a weird tie. I'm Wait until you hear. We're just getting started uh, on Jane. Oh my lands. In 1993, she went to court again as a co-plaintiff in the case where the judge was struck... Wait where the judge struck down Minnesota's ban on Medicaid payments for abortions. I was really hoping you were going to say it was struck by lightning. <laughs> the judge was struck by lightning. It was wild. It's a crazy court case. No, but uh, no, Medicaid can pay for abortions now. Well, not now. Could. <laughs> not now. Could. Not anymore. Shit. <laughs> Anyways, in 2001, uh, Dr. Jane Hodgson, her last name's hard. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're here it's with you. It's spelled so easy, but it's, it's very okay. hard. We're here with you. Anyways, Dr. Jane <laughs> was among the first women to be inducted into, this is a mouthful, and you guys are going to laugh because it's fucking stupid. No. I mean, it's great. Good for her. She got an award, <laughs> but like, this is, just wait. She was inducted into <laughs> the American Medical Women's Association's Hall of Fame of International Women in Medicine. It's a lot. They don't have an acronym? Why? Everyone has an acronym. Why? That's so long and dumb. Why not just Amer the American Medical Women's Association's Hall of Fame of International Women in Medicine? There's women in that title twice, first yeah. of all. Cut it out. Anyways, um, Jane died at the ripe old age of 91 at her home in Rochester, Minnesota on October 23rd, 2006. Yeah, she made it a good long 91, time. 91, yeah. not a bad age. I would die at 91, especially going to court a million times for what I love to do. Um, she said towards the end of her life, and this is where I'll end it, I, I think... I think in many ways, this is a quote from her, I think in many ways, I've been lucky to have been part of this. If I hadn't gotten involved, I would have gone through life probably being perfectly satisfied to go through the medical society parties, and it would have been very, very dull. I would have been <laughs> bored silly. End quote. I love it. She was like, no, Dr. Bring Jane. Dr. <laughs> yeah. Jane. Yeah. She's a sweetie, Dr. Jane. She's an old bitty, but I love her. Yeah. All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promo West Productions. If you're interested in catching your show around Columbus, check out one of these upcoming concerts at the Newport Music Hall. Trombone Shorty on September 20th. Wolf Alice on October 3rd. Floor on October 7th. And L7 on October 13th. If you want to head on over to Kimball Live for a show, check out Jimmy World on September 9th, Death Cab for Cutie on September 26th, Big Wild on September 28th, or Palav Royale on September 29th. To purchase tickets, visit AXS.com, or for more info, please visit PromoWestLive.com. 
Now it's your turn. It is my turn. Knock them dead, tiger. I'm going (sighs) to sit here and drink my orange crush. You crush that crush. Um, I'm going to start off saying something a little radical and say, like, at 23 years old, I had an abortion, and it was really easy to get my hands on, and I got to take a pill. And the only thing I regret about that abortion is that I had to miss the yeah, yeah, yeahs I had tickets to. So um, the only people that have felt sorry for me that are those really that are like, unfortunate. It is, I'm so I still have not got to see the yeah yeah yeah. They don't come. to I Columbus. I had free tickets. They don't come to Columbus. Um, but it was a pill induced abortion. It was very safe. It was easy for me to obtain. And the life I have now, I would not have had I not been able to have that abortion. So um, this is really near and dear to me because. The trauma that has been inflicted on me is not due to the abortion that I had, but due to the fact that people felt that what I did was wrong. So just like keep that in mind. I've never, I had somebody, I had an argument on someone with Facebook. I know you shouldn't do that. But they kept being like, I feel so sorry for you. And I was like, don't fucking pity me. Listen to me. Why? Because I had diarrhea last week? Yeah, like, don't pity me. I'm not sad. Is it because of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's concert? Any, yeah, I Yes, I was too. mad about the, yeah. So anyways, like, Still think I, it's about near that. and dear to my heart because, like, it was safe and easy for me to obtain an abortion when I was not prepared to have a child and be pregnant and, like, go through all of that. I was in no place in my life. I don't think I had electric at the time. Um, and so, like, I want it to be that easy for women again. It should always be that easy because it is not a, it's not a hard, it's not a hard decision. It's not a, like, a complicated situation. Anyways, with that said, I'm going to bring it back up, bring it back up. Um, it's okay. That, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's what this show is. <laughs> right? So. So I, like, want to come at this as, like, there's, like, hope. So I'm going to talk to you guys today about the Janes. Has anyone heard about the Janes? They just did. (laughs) (laughs) Different Jane, oddly enough. Um, So actually, and one of the resources I used was uh, there's a documentary on HBO. I highly suggest going and watching it. Um, It's out there right now. It's called The Janes. I used Wikipedia. I used an NPR um, uh, article, but mostly I got it from the documentary because it was amazing. So... Um, the Janes, just so you know. I've got giant print because I'm old. Um, so the Janes Collective, or the Jane, officially known as the Abortion Counseling Service of Women's Liberation. Um, that's who we're talking about today. Their founder was Heather Booth, who had her first experience with abortion when her friend's sister came to her distraught and suicidal over an unwanted pregnancy in 1965. To seek assistance for her friend's sister, Booth contacted the Medical Committee for Human Rights, who contacted her, or who connected her, with civil rights leader, Surgeon T.R.M. Howard. So, um, once people on campus heard that there was a girl who knew how to get a hold of abortions, like, they were hitting her up constantly, and Heather was setting people up constantly um, with, like, a way to get an abortion. Um, so at this time, obtaining an abortion was horrid and unsafe and like a horrible undertaking. You would have to deal with the mob. Like literally they were like, do you want a Cadillac? I'm sorry, where are they located? This is Chicago. Okay. Yep. So you'd either have to do with... Not Minnesota. Okay. No, not Minnesota. So you would have to deal with the mob, unsavory characters. Uh, you'd be handled roughly. And many times sexual favors were required in exchange for the service, which is the most... The most disturbing thing I can think of is 
Yeah. So what anyway. in the Black Dahlia is happening what, here? Right. Um, I don't like so it. One woman that was actually part of the Janes had said that she had had her own abortion and she was warned on her way to the abortion that she might be asked for a hug or a kiss by the man performing the abortion. Ugh. Gross. I hate um, it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, it doesn't get better. Um, what, so, what, I'm sorry, again, what year? 1965. Yep. Okay. So the streets were so rampant Ugh. with these cut rate abortion clinics that hospitals had entire wards, entire wards that were the septic abortion wards. Ugh. Like literally entire wards and they were constantly filled. So they were just full Sepsis of women. That scares me so much. Yep. Septic abortion wards. They were filled with women who had tried to go to one of these back alley abortionist or had tried to do what your girl did and do it on her own. So like they, they were co- constantly filled. Um, also these chop shops weren't cheap and abortions would cost around five to $600 a month to, or it's five to $600 to like kind of put that in perspective. We're talking about Chicago in the 1960s, a, the average cost of housing in Chicago of the 1950s was a hundred or 1960s would $150 a month. An abortion would cost five to $600. So women of color and women who were, you know, of a lower class, they had much less access to abortion. Like college students? Yeah. Like like three, three to four times the amount you would pay in rent for one month. Who has that? Who has that now? Nobody. Like if you were a college student, you were paying like $50 a semester. My, my abortion cost $500. My pill abortion did. So just keep that in mind. Um, So, um, so Heather continued to refer patients for abortions, averaging about one per week, mostly for low-income women and women of color. This continued until 1968 when she was out of college, married, pregnant, and employed full-time. So she was like, I don't have the time to help these women. Like, I need to be helping them. So she started recruiting and training more women and handing over the leadership roles to Ruth Sergal and Jody Parsons. So they adopted the name Jane as like an every woman name. So So if you were pregnant and you didn't want to be pregnant, just call Jane. And so there was no one's name that was connected to it. And so it could be easier to like fly under the radar. Call this number, ask for Jane. We'll help you get an abortion. And they would keep these women's like phone numbers and their information on these index cards. And it would be like, she's 15. She's scared. She has $5. Like she needs help. And it would just, all of these, like I have three children. My husband just left. Like, I'm pregnant, I don't know what to do. And they would just talk about, like... So it was index cards full of women asking for help. Um, So uh, when the Jane Collective was formed, their main goal was to provide counseling and obtain safe, affordable abortions to women in need. The women were told to pay as much as they could. Pay as much as you can, because any extra you can pay will help the next person afford their abortion. Um, Only, like, one member... uh, Yes. One member of the Jane Collective was known as Jenny. They just called... Like, they just knew her as Jenny. She was motivated to help provide abortion access when her herself discovered that she was pregnant shortly after she was di- diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, God. She, sh- she sought a legal abortion due to concerns about the effects of her radiation treatment on her fetus, and the, she was denied. The, the hospital board denied her an abortion. What the fuck? Yeah. So, and this, I mean, like, abortion was all in all illegal 
essentially. There were a couple of states that you could get away with certain things. And, but like she was like, I'm going through chemo and I can't be pregnant. Like what's going to happen to the baby? And they're like, nope, you have to go through this. Um, so after she informed two psychiatrists that she intended to kill herself if she could not get an abortion, she was allowed her request. So she joined the Janes after she got an abortion. She's like, fuck this. We cannot let people gatekeep this from us. This is like a health concern. So even with fundraising being done to help provide services for those who couldn't afford it, the Janes soon found that many doctors weren't willing to work with them because they... They didn't want to force women to pay five to six hundred dollars to get an abortion. This was just like a healthcare thing that they wanted to help women with. So they found a doc- their own doctor. His name was Nick. Nick was told that yes, some patients wouldn't have the money, but they were to be treated anyways. And on this like documentary, Nick says himself, and this like sticks with me in a way that's kind of gross because it's so true and it's always true. And Shirley Chisholm said something. Like, to this effect as well, he said, I thought abortions were like mink coats. Every woman wanted one, but only the rich could afford them. And that's how abortions were for a long time. If you had money, you were getting abortions. If you were poor, you weren't. And that's how it's going to be now. Um, So... Uh, The operation had two stations. They had the front where the women would come to be counseled and discuss the procedure. This had like a really home feeling and it was often filled with children because a lot of these women had two, three children to begin with. They just couldn't feed another mouth. So their kids would be there in the front of the clinic and then they they were driven to the back where the procedure would take place. So Nick himself, the doctor, was said to be kind, gentle, cordial. He would ease the women's nerves with humor and good bedside manner. Jenny, um, from earlier, she demanded to be in the room to ensure that they were being treated well because who knows what's happening to women in these abortion clinics. So she wanted to be in the room with them to make sure that they were... Well, with the history of uh, Chicago. Uh, I mean, like, not even Chicago, like, everywhere. The um, hug station. Yeah. So, um, and he, she was soon trained by Nick to be his nurse. So in 1971, it was discovered that Nick was in fact not a licensed medical doctor. Oh, I was going to say it, but I was like, no, maybe I can trust Nick. He was a construction worker. Oh, Nick. Um, oh, Nick. Yeah. So this caused a huge oh, rift in the collective. They were like, a lot of them felt like, hey, we're just, like, the fake credentials make us just like any other back or, like back alley abortion clinic. Like, we're doing the chop shops like everyone else. Um, but then the other half, and, and so that half of the clinic, or that half of the collective actually left. But the women that were left were like, no, what this means, what this truly means, we can do this. If he can do it, we can do it. And that's another thing about abortion in, in the long sense of, humanity because it's always been around is that women handled abortions midwives handled abortions it was seen as a woman's problem and then when men took over the medical field they gatekeeped it 
because now they were the medical professionals and women should not be handling that. They had their soft little brains and their hysterectomies. Have you heard that <laughs> Science Versus podcast about abortions and the we, woman who... I talked oh, about yeah, it. I was did. seven months pregnant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We talked about it at Bishop's Hair Salon. We did. It was another live episode. <laughs> another live episode. Do we oh, see? Horrific. It's just, we do this so much, I forget. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. So, um, <laughs> so Nick could perform 20 abortions a day, safely, with skill, and if the, he could do it, they could. So Jenny learned how to perform the procedure from Nick. So he was like, yeah, I'll step away. That's fine. I'm going to teach you. Women. Nick, genuinely, he's in, he is in the um, documentary. He seems like a genuinely like, good guy. He was like, it was a job. I was doing it. These women needed help. I wasn't going to hurt them. I wasn't going to take advantage of them. And it was my, when it was my time to step away, I'm going to step away. Um, pardon me. So he taught Jenny how to perform the abortions. And then she taught four other members how to do these abortions. And they learned how to do like five or six different types of abortions, depending on like where the woman was in her pregnancy. So once the members were able to perform the abortions on their own, they were able to control cost. So no longer did the abortions cost five to $600 a piece. They charged a hundred dollars a piece. Which is a huge yeah. jump down. Like it's, that was that was better. just to make sure that they could continue to have the medical supplies they needed sure. to help these women. Um, they also learned how to perform pap smears, and uh, they found a lab that would return their results for four dollars, so they could perform pap smears on these women. Um, and this drop, the drop in prices, resulted in more low-income clients as well as more black clients. So like. Again, gatekeeping for money, they were keeping things like pap smears away from women because... See, what this is telling me is that healthcare can be affordable. <laughs> oh, um, America. So, uh, <laughs> America. <laughs> so, oh. one black woman, uh, Louise, criticized the group when she came to them for an abortion for their lack of diversity. Um, so, it was all white, middle-class women... Um, and she stated, you guys are the white angels that are going to save everybody. Where are your black women at? And then she decided to join the collective and help counsel its black patients. So she was like, you're not being representative. You, you have, you like you're servicing, but you're not servicing. Thank you for, thank you for doing it. But also yeah, you're, you're servicing, you but you're not servicing. Right. And, and they were though, they were like white middle-class women who had children. Like one of the women in the documentary said, like, the woman that was taking me to my abortion was, like, six months pregnant. And she found it wholesome that a woman that was that far in her pregnancy would feel this connection with her in a way that she would, she would still take her to get an abortion, even though this woman was pregnant with a, oh, a baby. Oh, absolutely. Because that's the thing. is like, I think I feel more passionate now yeah. as a mom yeah. about abortion because I think that it's, like, you should have that choice. choice. It should be <laughs> your choice. Be like, Pregnancy. I want to have this baby. And it's not even just having the child. Like people always talk about like, oh, you can give it up for adoption. Do you know what happens to your body? Oh my God, I pee when I walk. <laughs> like, what is this? I had a parasite attach itself to my eye. And I had to get out cat poop. Yeah. Well, she doesn't think so, but I, I think it's... it's 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 the same I kind of parasite that's found in that. But anyways, after after is. childbirth, because my immune system was offline, I had a parasite attach itself to my eye. 
I've went through two years of getting shots in my eye every four to six months. Don't tell me that giving a child a up for adoption That's ends a horror story. the process of pregnancy. It doesn't. it doesn't. Anyways, you should have a choice Sorry. because you don't want to have a, a shots in your I eye for five years. I promised my husband not to preach tonight because I knew I'd be preaching Why? to the choir. Because <laughs> I knew he'd be oh, preaching to the choir. Because pre- everybody's here for that reason yeah, exactly. anyways. I'm getting lipstick all over. God, I am so sorry. Have you ever seen Selena's microphone? I, you know the singer Selena? Yeah. Her microphone still has the lipstick on it. Isn't that crazy? Damn it, I did it again. Yeah. Oh, anyways. Sorry. Um, I'm real into that stuff. <laughs> so, Let's keep talking about abortion, though. <laughs> so uh, the Janes weren't being exactly discreet. Uh, they were posting, they were putting posters all over Chicago that said, pregnant, don't want to be, call Jane. So it's not like they were being discreet. And again, it's illegal pretty much throughout the United States. Um, but they weren't leaving a trail of bloody women in hotel rooms. And many of their clients had been wives, daughters and mistresses of police officers and city officials. No. They even had a... (laughs) Never. That's unlikely. I I don't don't see it it happening there. Upstanding citizens. I don't believe it. Please Um, please tell me truths here. They even had a policewoman leave a call on their line because they had like a a voicemail system so they got like all the information. And this one woman left a voicemail and was like... And when you call back, I'm calling you from work, just so you know they're going to answer the Chicago police station. I'm a policewoman. And so they're like, who, who, wants to, who, who wants to call the policewoman and like set up her illegal abortion? And they did. She, it wasn't like it wasn't well, a trap to. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be at like, that oh. point. It's a cop. And you're like, fuck, I don't. Well, it's not at the same time. It's just like, you're not going to leave somebody stranded just because they're a cop. Like, well, they're going to find you. Yeah. And then they're so, going to kill you. I don't know. I have a bad... But uh, with, with the fact that like most of the, like, that they weren't leaving people dying like a lot of these chop shops were, and the fact that like a lot of their clientele were upstanding citizens, um, they were being left alone. People weren't saying anything to them until... Oh, no. Until... 1972, when two Catholic women reported to the oh, police fuck station off. that their sister-in-law was planning on having an abortion. Oh, get out of here, Mary She's Catherine. She's going to have an abortion. You have to do something. It's murder. Um, so the, like, and I, I do love this part of the documentary, too, because the police officer's like, I mean, like, I guess it's classified as a, like, murder, but, like, what are we going to do? There's not going to be... He was just like, I don't know what we're going to... Okay, I guess we go raid the place. Let's do the chalk outline. Yep. Um, Spread them. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Get it? Because the body's inside. Yeah, and yeah. chalk outline, it's... You can't do that. <laughs> it's so, a dumb joke. Keep going. <laughs> I know. Uh, so when the, police, when the police raided the back and the front on May 3rd, they kept asking the members... Where's the doctor? Where's the doctor expecting to find a man? Oh, yeah. Gross. They're just like, because like, that's another thing that helped these women is that no one thought women could do anything like this. Oh, women don't have the capacity to it's like, do. I don't know. He went out for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. He's just doing, he's just checking their teeth, right? <laughs> um, so, so they couldn't comprehend that it was women performing abortions. Uh, and also, I love this. Uh, so when they raided the police station, um, this is how homely and how like nice, homely is not the right word because that's, that's, like, that's not a nice like word. You, 
crawled yeah. out of a sewer. Yeah, no, but it was it was a nice like comforting like feel when you went to these clinics that they had a ham baking in the oven because this was just done in oh, people's apartments. What a delight! And they had a ham baking in the oven for lunch, and one of the police officers said. That smells so nice. What are you guys cooking? And one of the women, she was like, I was so feisty. She goes, pig. (laughs) I just love that story. Um, So, Oh, I like it. Yeah. So when the women in the waiting room were brought back to the police station and questioned, one of the women said, don't you. Oh, Jesus. (gasps) You better have it memorized. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. She was like, don't you think that you're doing any of us any favors? And he was like, mm, I'm just doing my job, which is like the worst. I hate that. It no, is you're the not. worst. So you could have just ignored this and went away. Yeah, it's all right. So anyways, um, the women all went to jail uh, and they posted bonds. So seven of them went to jail and they posted bonds. Let's see if I can do this out notes. Ooh. Uh-oh. Feisty. Uh-oh. So seven of the women went to jail, and they were known as the Abortion Seven. The Abortion Seven, it was all over the news. Um, and they posted bond, and they hired a female attorney to, to, um, to you know, handle their case. And she said, I wanted to do this case because I thought a woman should be the one doing it. Well, the attorney knew that during this time that their case was getting ready to happen, Roe v. Wade was being decided. So... In a brilliant move, she just kept doing everything she could to delay <gasps> the case. Oh, delay the case. What a delay smart, the case. What a smart girl. And then when the Thank decision... Thank God it actually worked that yeah, time. Yeah, that time. So Fuck. then the decision of Roe v. Wade hit and like they all got released. They just got released. And what I found to be really, really fun about this was I was like, yeah, okay, I get that they get released because like abortions are no longer illegal, but they're performing illegal medical practices. Like that's illegal. They weren't charged for those medical practices because the police were like, as long as you don't, like you don't get back your, your like tools. And they're like, okay. So they just got away with it. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. I would not trust myself with any inside of anybody ever. Well, yeah. I mean, like, honestly. I couldn't do it. I'd mess something up. I, I would mess something up. Easy. Then Easy. I, I'd get too shaky. <laughs> I highly suggest you don't do it. <laughs> I will not do it. Don't um, ask me for an abortion. Oh, my goodness. No one, no one will. Don't. <laughs> okay. Don't do it. So anyways, I will I will help you find a place, but I will not help you do one. That makes sense. Just I think that that's a good rule of thumb for most people without a medical license. <laughs> um, Please go to a trusted medical provider. So anyways, when, <laughs> we'll find a list for you. <laughs> when they all got out of jail, the Janes disbanded. And actually, when the first abortion clinic opened up in Chicago, they had a goodbye to Jane's party. And they Do they, celebrated. Are they still friends? Uh, like the like the peaches from the movie, um, the baseball movie? They're not really. They kind of just like went on their own way. They had a job mm-hmm. to do when they did it, and they went on their own way. It's kind of sad. I feel like it's really important to point out, though, that uh, an obstetrician who would perform the follow-ups on a lot of women that um, had gone to the Janes for abortions, I think it's really important to point out that they said that they had no deaths. There were no deaths, which death was rampant. Like I said, oh, yeah, you know those septic uh, Yeah, Yeah, I remember. Wards? Yeah, please don't. Yeah, I remember. They closed. 
after Roe v. Wade. <gasps> Good. Because they weren't needed anymore. Yeah, I would say because so. Because women weren't coming in septic and dying anymore. And, and like, the Janes had no deaths. There were and a they couple, got like a ham sandwich afterwards. Yeah. Well, there were That's a couple nice. of women that had had complications. Um, so like some fever, some bleeding, had to go to hospital for that, but no one died. I mean, you get that and from an obst- IUD. I was going to say, the obstetrician said that they they operated the same way. Like they say, saw the same number of women going to the hospital as you would from like a legal abortion clinic in New York at the time. Damn. So awesome. they, they did an amazing job. They did an amazing thing. Um, and the reason I wanted to tell that story today is not because I want you to go home and learn how to do abortion. Please don't do that. Um, help women find the way. I do worry about the 15 year olds that cannot afford to go out of the state. Um, but be that open person, be that person that is willing to go the extra mile because, um, as one of the Janes said, an unjust law deserves to be tried. So. Damn straight, yeah. and Betty. that's the story of the Janes. All of the Janes, All Janes and my Janes. Janes and Janes. High five. High five. I'll watch that documentary. You should. It's on HBO right now. It's really good. I cried a few times, but I'm also a baby. She likes to cry. It's nice. Boy, you guys have been nice. Yeah. Thanks you- so much for listening to us. We like to talk at people, and we like it when they listen to us. That's actually how this podcast got started. We realized that at a party, we were talking at people with each other. Yeah. (laughs) We were just like, wow, everybody kind of left the room and we're still just talking. (laughs) That's nice. It's real nice. So it's like you guys are friends of ours now. And that's, you know. Sooner or later, you'll leave the room too. Everybody shout your name at us real quick. (laughs) One, two, three. Oh my God. Try it again. You guys are being One, two, three. Thank Thank you. you. We'll do it. We'll, we'll like d- single it all out and we'll figure out who it was. We'll yeah. put a face to every single name. Thank yeah. you so much. You guys much. have been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And hey, don't forget to smear lipstick and raise hell. And stick around, throw some tips in here. We'll give them to all of our friends over there and tip your bartenders. Thank you so much for listening to us. And thanks so much, Rambling House. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. This episode was researched, written, and produced by Vivian Vega and Betty LaRue. Our intro and outro was written and performed by our very own Vivian Vega with her band Electrocult Circus. Our logo is by Amanda Braskett. If you're more of a visual person, head over to our YouTube for the video of this episode. You can also check out images to go along with each episode and added bonuses by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Revolution Rosies. You can send us your art, your inspirational women, and stories about amazing things you have done to revolutionrosies at gmail.com or on our website at revolutionrosies.com. Revolution Rosies is a member of the Loudcat Podcast Network. Loudcat.